When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Exciting game, obviously. It's nice to uh, come back. Showed a lot of heart, showed a lot of guts. Showed a lot of courage. You know, obviously we didn't play very well in the first half. We had uh, penalties, fumbles, um, big gave up big plays. Um, just just did not play very well. And then, uh, but we came together. We fought pretty darn good in the second half, and uh, made just enough plays to win. Minnesota Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer there. Matthew Collar, Judd Zolgad jumping in here. Jonathan Harrison is producing. And I want to start right with our lists. Our lists we decided to make are of the wildest, most compelling games of the Mike Zimmer era. And I'm only doing 2016 through present because that's when I got here and started covering the team. So uh, Blair Walsh's shank would not be in play for me. I wasn't here yet. I figured I would just go with ones where I was actually there and engaged with. Um, Unless you wanted to mention the game where... Kyle Orton beat the Vikings uh, in 2014 because I was covering that game. Mac United uh, Ventline from that one. I'm after sure that, one. that was what super a gl- fun. What a glorious game that was. <laughs> That's right. Chad Greenway not getting back far enough uh, yep. to stop Scott <laughs> Chandler. Um, okay, so who wants to go first here? You want to go first, Judd? Uh, sure. With your list, do we want NFL music behind this? I see no reason not to. Yeah, I think this is very, no. very listicle-like, oh. and so therefore we can okay. have NFL films music. Most compelling games in the Mike Zimmer era. All right. Number five, January 3rd, 2016, which of course goes uh, reverts to the 2015 season. The Vikings-NFC North Division title was won in Green Bay at Lambeau Field season finale teddy a quarterback it looked like an era had begun right an era was underway and of course that didn't turn out to be the case but huge win very compelling game number four what about that i remember uh, teddy didn't play particularly well was it a close game it was a close game and i believe that they were so the division title went down to that game if i'm not mistaken it was a sunday night game on january 3rd and that game was but the significance of that game to me was that was going to be the first step of Zim's Vikings exactly as he saw it, which was Teddy a QB for a long, long time, right? And so that that was the first step from him taking over Mike in 2014, going 7-9, and nine, and everybody said, oh, that's great, you won seven games, bad team. But this was a corner turned. Okay, and to so me, that, to me that game, yes, too. yes, okay. yes. Compelling games, 
Big stakes. Mm, All right. Stakes. Number four on my list, Homer Simpson, would, would be October 23rd, 2016, at the Lincoln Philadelphia. That was the Vikings team that went in 5-1 and one out of a bye, or 5-0 and oh out of a bye. They went into Philadelphia, and you thought, oh, this team could be 6-0. and oh. oh, this team is headed to the playoffs for this sure. This is a bizarre choice. Oh, this, this is... This is a terrible football game. <laughs> it was a terrible football game, but the game itself... Why are you picking bad football games Well, no, hold this? on a second. The Packers game was not a bad football game. But you asked me what stands out. Zimmer's games that stand out. And these are the games that, to me, stand out. You can have your five. Wow. I am taking the rules and applying this them to the... This is a very bizarre twist, but... To the, to the Zolgadian way. Exactly right. So don't don't say it's not. It's surprising coming from me. It was a 21-10 loss. It was not a good football game. But that was the game where afterwards Zimmer melted down. He's 5-1. and one. How does that not stand out? You're 5-1, and one and dude, you lost a game. That's too bad. And he said we played soft, which is the worst thing that you can say about a group of football players. See, I'm not saying it's not uh, compelling from what it meant to that season, which it's, is how you seem to have took it. Yes. I, I'm only thinking as a standalone football game, but that's how I did mine. So Okay, well, I did it slightly different. Okay, that's fine. Keep going. Number three. That was the Jake Long game when Jake Long yes. first appeared as a Viking very briefly. Yes. Number three on my list, because I did include playoff games. Number three would be, yes, the Seattle playoff game, the Blair Walsh game, the game that Teddy basically led the Vikings down the field a freezing cold day at TCF Bank Stadium. A game that I wouldn't say was a great football game, but it was incredibly close. And Blake Walsh lines up for the 27-yard field goal, and you say to yourself, they're going to Arizona. This is unbelievable. And then some little thing in the back of your head says, oh, hold on a second. It's a field goal attempt from a guy who's not exactly the most reliable or, let's say, headstrong guy. He misses. And everything goes kaboom. That's number three. Number two would be yesterday. You don't come back. What what was the stat? Last five years, teams that were down by twenty or more at halftime were zero and ninety nine. Yeah. Nobody had won. And the Vikings do. Again, yesterday, a fun game to watch. Not a great game, but that game will stand out for years as how the hell did they come back? And then obviously the top one, not a surprise. The Stefan Diggs catch against the Saints, which yeah. has to be number one because yep. it's probably one of, I would say that if you were to do the top five games in Vikings history, it probably makes that top yep. five. Yep, and it wasn't just because of one play. The second no. half was great. Drew Brees is playing amazing Everything. football. But that was an incredible football yeah, game. It was. Yesterday was not. Yesterday was interesting and head-scratching and actually at times absolutely brutal, mm-hmm. which made it fun to me. But that game, it's the Saints game, was an incredible football game. Right. Yesterday had a lot of mistakes Fumbles, penalties, interceptions. That one was a really well-played game versus two great teams that ended on a crazy play. Yesterday was poorly coached, poorly played. By both teams in a lot of ways. There was a lot of things about that. That was an instructional film on what not to do yesterday. All right, Jonathan, your five. I assume you took this as just best games. I took it a little bit, yeah. Uh, okay. I had a couple of you very be you, Jonathan. You be you. different ways of picking games. I'm going to start and end with New Orleans Saints games. My f- number five, New Orleans Saints Vikings week one of the 2017 season. Oh, okay. When we saw Sam Bradford come out and throw for nearly 400 yards, and we're all just like, whoa, is this going to be the offense for the season? Is this going to be the Sam Bradford we'd get a C for the entire season? No, it wasn't. But it was still a really fun game. 
to watch that offense play. And you also saw the potential of Delvin Cook there, yep. which has finally been realized now, but that was a 100-yard game for him in his first ever game. The Vikings got the ball uh, with a chance for New Orleans to still be alive, and they just ran the clock out with Delvin Cook. It was really impressive. So I, I could see that one. That was probably really fun for Vikings fans. Uh, number four on my list is the game that Judd started with. Uh, the division on the line against Green Bay. You're in Green Bay. It's on Sunday Night Football. It's the last game of the entire NFL season. And it all comes down to the final drive when you give Aaron Rodgers a minute left to go. And usually that's where he succeeds and you end up holding him off and winning the NFC North on that drive. That was a fun one. Good pick. Uh, number three would be another Vikings-Packers game, and it's the tie from last year where you come back mm-hmm. and you end up tying the game, which is a soccer fan, I like ties, which is weird <laughs> to see in football. But yeah, and you thought my I'm list was weird. <laughs> but I'm okay with a tie. It was just a fun one to see that offense and Kirk Cousins come back. The draw. Down 22-7, to seven, they come a back. A fun draw. Uh, last year, 2018, again, Vikings-Rams. It was a loss for the Vikings, but you saw nearly 900 yards passing, eight touchdowns. It was just a shootout, and it, again, it wasn't the best defensive game, but it was really fun watching two offenses just go at it. So I had the Packers tie and the Rams loss on my list, so I'll give you the rest. I made just the games that I've covered since the beginning of 2016 that were the most compelling to me. I'll give you the rest that, that I had. Obviously, uh, the Minneapolis Miracle is... Yeah, that's number one. Num- uh, yeah, we don't even have to talk about nope. anything else in the Zimmer era as far as being number one. The loss to Detroit in 2016, the first catch ever by uh, Laquan Treadwell in that game. But that was when Pat Shermer took over as the offensive coordinator, and the offense looked uh, more conducive. They ran a sweep to Rhett Ellison for a potential game-winning touchdown, but Mike Zimmer slightly mismanaged the clock, allowing Matt Stafford to complete a long pass. Matt Prater to kick a field goal from the parking lot, and then Golden Tate to do the impossible and shred a Harrison Smith tackle mm-hmm. to go into the end zone. That game was well played and totally bananas. Mm-hmm. And and Detroit was good that year. They went nine and seven that season, so they were a good team. It wasn't like who cares Detroit. That was a great game, even though they lost. I'll put yesterday on my list as well. Uh, one of the few times where you're leaning forward in the seat at the end of a game. Comes down to the final play. Here we go. How often does that ever happen in the NFL where it's legit at the end zone with the ball? Are you going to win or not? And, you know, obviously Denver did not. Thursday night football 2016 against Dallas. A 17 to 15 loss for the Vikings. Color rush game. Mike Prefer is the head coach that game because Mike Zimmer had to have emergency eye surgery. Yep. And. Uh, They go down, they score. Sam Bradford was great in that game, even though they didn't score a ton of points. He goes down, he scores. It's a Jarek McKinnon lining up in the slot, touchdown throw. Jeremiah Searles, our buddy who comes on the show sometimes, jumps offside, moves them back. Sam Bradford gets hit in the face, which should have been a penalty against Dallas, throws the ball away. Vikings lose 17-15, to but that was another one that came down to the very last moment. And I'll give you another one, too, that was fun and had some drama, even though it might not have been always the, the most beautiful football game, but certainly memorable. Last year, in Philadelphia, a 23-21 to win in Philly, where Linval Joseph takes a fumble all the way back, 70-something yards for a touchdown, You'll never see that again in your life. And puts on glasses <laughs> right. and oxygen and that doesn't oxygen work. Mask, which is now tattooed on his body. 
He got a tattoo. Good for of, him. I, I mean, I would do the same. I hope he's back to uh, in, in the next game. They need him. Uh, one other one that is worth note to me that was super compelling, even though it wasn't like a great football game necessarily, was the Vikings at Soldier Field. Uh, call it the Michael Floyd game when he made his return and caught one pass for 10 yards or something. But the turning point of the 2017 season was a 20-17 to win by the Vikings over the Chicago Bears. Harrison Smith gets the interception at the end of that game. Uh, Sam Bradford starts it. Case yeah. should never have been on the field. Case Keenum comes in. Jarek McKinnon has a long touchdown run in that game. That team was 2-2, two and two, correct? It was. And it looked like after a loss to the Lions, you lose Delvin Cook to an ACL injury that, boy, this is a season on the brink right here. Mm-hmm. And if they lose that game to a rookie, Mitch Trubisky, who was making his first start and now we've discovered is very bad at football, um, that that might have turned them the opposite way. The next week, Rodgers gets hurt, and then they're kind of off to the races through the rest of that season. But that was a very compelling and on-the-edge type of football game. Yeah, it was a good game. So there we have it. All right, now let me ask you this question. I'll read some, some tweets from people. Uh, I put it out there in the first hour. Um, is this more concerning or exciting yesterday? Is it exciting that they can come back from down 20 and do something that very few teams have ever done? Or is it scary that they got down 20 to a bad football team? And uh, from Vikings Nation, uh, more concerned about the defense. Zimmer's playing a lot of uh, man defense like uh, they were yesterday, and yep. you're seeing Rhodes continue to get burned. And as we wake up today, Xavier Rhodes ranks uh, still in the bottom 10 by pro football focus in the entire NFL yeah. for corners. Uh, Andrew Kramer had the great stat that the Vikings are 25th in terms of giving up 20-yard passes or more. I, I think that's a good argument that, okay, you won, and it's great, and wow, did Kirk play great in the second half of that game. You're always going to get good good Kirk, bad Kirk sometimes. But if you can't defend the pass when you face Wilson, Rivers, Rodgers down the stretch, mm-hmm. and you go into the playoffs and look at the NFC quarterbacks, they're all good, that's going to be a problem. You are, yes. And, and so, and I, I talked about this today on Ventline, and here's my feeling, because you can't, Scheme-wise, I don't know. You, you can make adjustments, I guess. But I was trying to articulate today, what can you do here now? Because you can't trade. There's going to be nobody placed on the wire who you're going to pick up. Here's my starting point. Mike Hughes gets thrown at a lot. I, I believe the statistic in Dallas was, what, 17 times, correct, that he was picked on by Dak Prescott. And he's a young player, and he's certainly not perfect. But if you were to ask me, would I rather take my chances with Mike Hughes potentially, I've got to roll the dice here, and him developing on a game-by-game basis and getting more comfortable and gaining experience and improving, or continue to be stubborn and put Xavier Rhodes out there consistently. And Matthew, I told you this yesterday, sitting in the press box, I'm like, I'm just going to watch him. Like, there's something wrong here. But on TV, you see him get burned, and that's basically it. I watched him. He can't run. There's, there's either something wrong with his hamstring or his legs are just shot. I don't know. I have no clue. But during the bye week, I think you have to come up with a plan to put your pride in your back pocket. And as much as you might love Rhodes like your own son, he's got to play less. And Mike Hughes has to play more. And if you're wrong on Mike, 
okay, you're wrong. But there's a chance he can develop. There's a chance he's got... There's nothing that Xavier Rhodes is going to come back and do unless he is hurt right now and magically heals in a week. There's nothing he's going to do starting in Seattle that's going to change here. Mike Hughes might actually develop. Holton Hill can play. The other thing I threw out is, is there a way that you can come up with a package to go back to what you did in about the first quarter of this season that involves also J. Ron Kersmore? Yeah. So let's say it's Harris, Sandejo, or or if, if Smith's hamstring is fine, which would be ideal and necessary. But let's say Harrison Smith's playing, Harris is playing. Can you involve Curse in a big nickel or dime package that basically allows you to throw different looks and different philosophies? Because this Xavier Rhodes is just going to play idea isn't working, and it's not going to, to work. And to go down the list of quarterbacks that you just gave me, if you present those quarterbacks with this current pass defensive setup, you're going to get torched. It's not going to work, and a, and good teams are going to beat you. Denver is not a good team. Nice win, but if you do this against Seattle or or Green Bay, you're going to be in big trouble. So I think what it says is you have to evaluate it um, looking at the big picture versus the small picture. I would never tell anyone to not be excited about a comeback win. I mean, of course, like if you watch that game, you got your money's worth. If you paid for it or if you just invested the time to watch that football game, you walked away from that going, wow, am I glad I watched the second half of that football game as opposed to going outside and raking the leaves. Like that was amazing. So I I wouldn't tell you to be upset about it, uh, but through the lens of the bigger picture here and what you're going to have to do down the stretch and potentially in the playoffs, because now everything is about playoffs once you're eight and three. If they had lost these last two close games and they're six and five, then it's are you going to make the playoffs? Then it's, well, this next game is huge and here's how this is, whatever, whatever. Now it's just keep playing halfway decent and you're in the playoffs because Philly melts down yesterday and they don't take advantage of a chance to win. Uh, Chicago's eliminated themselves from the conversation. The Rams aren't a great team and they're kind of hanging around in the background, but they're not really that close to you at this point. So it would take a pretty serious meltdown. But in the bigger picture, yesterday Rhodes was targeted five times, four catches, 110 yards. Trey Wayans was targeted five times, three catches for 73 yards. That is bad. Uh, to your point, J. Ron Curse was targeted five times, zero receptions yeah. against him yesterday. He played absolutely awesome. He was number one. He only played uh, 40 snaps yesterday because of, obviously, the injuries. But he was the number one graded player by Pro Football Focus uh, in yesterday's game. And he absolutely deserved that. He had a couple of run stops as well that we tend to sort of overlook. Well, good thing someone tackled him. But you know somebody had to make that play. And I think... And have thought for a long time, Curse is a good football player. And he told me after the game yesterday, I sort of said, what did this mean to you to have this? And he said, well, it just shows what I already know, which is I'm a good football player. And I agree with him. I think he's a valuable asset that you're not helping yourself if you keep him on the bench. Sorry he got arrested. Like, that's not a good thing that he did. And maybe his attitude hasn't been great. And some of his Twitter interactions haven't been great. And he needs to cut that out. But at the same time, he's shown he's a good football player and he should be in more often. I think it should be about the matchup game. Who can you use Holton Hill against? Who can you use Mike Hughes against? Do you have to put Mackenzie Alexander outside if they have a smaller, quicker receiver or something like that? Because he can match those smaller, quicker guys. That's how I think it should be done. Mm -hmm. I'll be fascinated to see how it is done. I would also say, Judd, that 
you know, in this in the in the first half of that game with Cousins and the way he looked, you can't look at his final stat line and say, "Wow, what a game." You have to look at it as the tale of two halves mm-hmm. and how differently the uh, uh, Denver Broncos played with that version of Cousins. We've seen this a million times with Kirk. This was a classic. He's down by three scores and puts up a bunch of numbers. And in this one, it just so happened that the Denver stopped trying to play offensive football for the second half, basically, and made yeah. a, a number of tremendously awful decisions that allowed you to actually come back in this one, including not putting a safety over Stephon Diggs at all times. Because that, that would be number one for me if I'm going against the Vikings. We're up by three scores. Okay, you and you, you are on Diggs the rest of this game. And that is the and that is the end of the story. But the Broncos' plan was the, absolutely inexplicable. They didn't pressure him; they completely fell apart. But yep. any, anyway, you know, put that aside. Like we've seen this before. We've seen this Kirk before that loses you the game in the first half. They got away with it yesterday. They won't get away with it again. You said it ninety nine straight times. Teams didn't get away with falling down twenty to nothing. You're not going to be able to do it again. And if you're concerned about how this will look as we go forward, that's another place to start. I think it begins with the pass defense, but it also goes to this as well of, look, your quarterback has these moments where he just seems to freeze, and when it happens, your offense doesn't go anywhere no matter how many good players you have. And and I would, if I'm a Vikings fan coming away from that, I would be very concerned that that's going to show up at some point. Can you win three playoff games? Or, or two playoff games to get to the Super Bowl, but right. right now they're a wild card. So that means you win your wild card and then divisional and then championship. You, can you win three games? Is he not going to do this at any point and, in those three games? And plus, is this offense good enough that you can literally say, put the defense on your back and win against a really good team? Think about that statement. This offense has some components, I think, that are marvelous. Diggs is great. Cousins can be very solid. I, I would stop short of calling him great, but I would say he can be solid. Dalvin Cook can be great. But if I tell you right now that I'm going to say, starting with playoff game one, and heck, let's say they beat the Packers and are division champions, but I'm going to tell you, starting with playoff game one, that the necessary uh, ingredient here is going to be that the offense is going to have to put the defense on its back against a really good team and win that playoff game, I'm sorry, I for one cannot buy that. I can't do that. I can't go that far. The only reason you would have to buy it is just because all the other teams in the NFC have their own problems. I mean, New Orleans True, lost point. to Atlanta just a week ago. Green Bay's gotten away with a bunch of wins maybe they shouldn't have had, including against the Minnesota Vikings at home, yep. in which they almost blew a 21-point lead against the Vikings that we thought was going to be a blowout, and then they allowed the Vikings to come back. Uh, we saw Dallas has its problems at the head coach position. Um, we we saw that the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo are capable of kind of getting punched in the mouth and not being able to respond. I don't think Seattle has a very good defense the, this year. They've given up a lot of points on the defensive side and really rely on their quarterback. So nobody's perfect in the NFC. That would be your best argument for it. But the circumstance they're in now, and this is why the end of the season is so important, because if they keep winning then they have a good chance to win the NFC North and get a home playoff game. And if mm-hmm. you can do that, then they're in the driver's seat. If you can't, and you're in the position you are now, and you've got to go a very, very long way to get to the Super Bowl, that's a tough sell. It's a tough sell that at some point 
the uh, defensive backs wouldn't get abused. It's it's a tough sell at some point that Cousins wouldn't show up. Or that the other team could just pressure Cousins. My God, they pressured him six times the whole game on 40 dropbacks. Like that's a it, that's why it's kind of a how, bad football team. How did they look the, the Vikings offense? How did it look so bad in that first half too? I think it's because That they, was just inept. I think it's because they stopped Delvin. And when you stop Delvin, then I think the Vikings sort of get a little tense. Like, uh-oh, we're not in second <laughs> and, and everybody two. sort of panics. Play callers, quarterbacks, you might be right. Right. Why aren't we in second and two right. all the time? Um, and, and then I'm going to have to look at it closer when the tape comes out because I, I hate to be like the post game guy who says I got to look at the tape, but I'm really fascinated to see why there were so many people running open in the second half. And then another part of it too is, I mean, Kirk did make some great throws just flat out, like yeah. great, great plays. The third and 14, he had another one that was a third down to Diggs. That was a huge play in the game that set them up. So him making big third down throws is something that you don't always expect from him. Mm -hmm. And he did that in the second half of that game. But I am still sort of marveling at Denver's defense not being able to get an ounce of pressure on Kirk Cousins. And I literally mean none. He was sacked five times. What, four of those came in the first half? Three, three in the first three, half. Three in the first half. Yeah. And the only two pressures that he got otherwise uh, were the two sacks in the second half. You get him to strip sack, you know, you get the fumble, you don't take advantage of it. Like, it's very hard to talk about this game and all the great things that happen, which are deserved to be talked about, without saying, wow, I can't believe Denver in this game. I can't yeah. believe the things that they did. And that's where when you're trying to convince yourself one way or the other, am I more concerned or am I more just excited about the single-game result? Well, the single-game result puts you in the playoffs, essentially. You'd have to really bleep this up. You're up by two now, right? Yeah, I mean, this On the wild-card team, or teams right behind you in the wild-card And let's not say anything's impossible but you know what with the this is, Vikings, but they're, Matthew, they're basically in the playoffs after that win. If you told me, if you told me, put a Vikings game from 2019 in, in a time capsule so people in 2045 can dig it up and say, <laughs> who are the 2019 Vikings, right? I think I'd put the first half in and the second half in and say, this was them. There you have it. Like the, that offense was unplayable in the first half. It was awful. Everything about it was terrible. And in the second half, it was the uh, greatest show on turf Rams. Seriously, I would put that game in a time capsule and say, watch the first half. Now stay tuned, although you're tempted to tune out for the second <laughs> half, and there you have which is which is why I keep defaulting to the explanation of I can't explain this team. Mm-hmm. So when you ask me, what do you think about? I don't know. I'm hoping Seattle provides clarity, but I really don't know. Um, there's a couple of things that we need to discuss around the NFL when we return: a benching or not benching, and legit Lamar. When we return, Matthew Collar, Judd Zolgad here. You listen to Purple Daily on Score North. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton. Motivation that moves you. 
Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.